This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, good morning, and I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney to answer your phone calls and text messages here on a Saturday on our Smart Garden Show. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I am hot. How are you? Yes, well, you always were, and you're always, <laughs> oh. especially when when it when it comes to answering questions, uh, you're right on the money as usual. And uh, yeah, I mean, this I want to ask you about this this whole heat thing because. Uh, I I've been uh, really trying to be careful with water restrictions. I've kind of forgotten, in fact, have to in many ways, I've forgotten about my lawn. And I know you don't have to deal with that personally, but right. Um, but the uh, as far as the shrubs and other plantings like uh, Sandy planted and uh, things, my tomato plant, things like that, I've been pretty much uh, you know watchful. But what are you doing at, at your garden at your home? Um, just carefully watering things as they need it. And with everyone having watering restrictions, there's a lot of ways you can augment that. Um, so if you're running like your shower to warm it up before, you know, put a bucket under there and catch that water that's too cold for you, you can use that to water your plants. Um, so things like that, or if you're running uh, something you know if you have it's not it's gray water you can use some of that to water your plants so just if you're looking in that on the house there's there's like maybe a few gallons of water that you could use on those days where maybe you can't go for the restrictions or augment your restrictions you might want to think about that but yeah lawns are looking pretty bad right now uh don't mow them don't walk on them don't fertilize them. Uh, they're Kentucky bluegrass for the most part. They'll come out okay if we get some rain. And if you're growing fescue, they can handle the, the drought a little bit better. So uh, maybe consider um, uh, overseeding some fescue on those thinner areas in the fall then. Yeah, later, August, September areas. For right, seeding. right. Not now, not now. You don't want to no, be no. seeding now. No, no, no. absolutely right. Uh, again, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you'd like to call in and chat with Teresa about your lawn and garden question, or uh, send uh, Teresa your text. Same number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text came in a bit ago. Says I have yet to plant some glad and dahlia bulbs. Is it too late? Nope. Go ahead and plant them up. Uh, just 
just give them a good drink of water when you plant them. Um, they'll be fine. You probably you won't see flowers till a little later. So plant them in an area that stays a little warmer into the later summer and the fall. And uh, just you may have to cover them once or twice, but you'll still see flowers. But go ahead and plant them when they're up and actively growing. Uh, after a month or so, if they're starting to actively grow, then you can give them a little fertilizer. But when you plant them, just um, amend the soil with a bunch of com- with some compost. And that would be wonderful. Okay. Again, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is helping you out this morning on our Smart Garden Show, 651-989-9226. Let's see. Here's one. It says, uh, good morning. When is it best to add compost to our flower garden, late fall or early spring? Yes. You can add compost anytime. Uh, Top dress whenever you want to. Uh, Whenever you have the compost, go ahead and top dress. If you want, you can scratch it around the plants a little bit. Uh, Where you add the compost and just kind of scratch the soil a little bit so there's more soil to compost contact and it goes in there more quickly. If you have mulch, you may want to pull back the mulch, put down a thin layer of compost and put the mulch back again. Uh, Yes, but go ahead and do add compost. And you can add that any time of the year. Okay. Winter is probably not so good because you can't see the snow, can't see the ground. Now, uh, we're talking uh, about watering, and uh, listeners have uh, have commented and not only questioned, but commented as well. Uh, This texture says, use your dehumidifier water to water outside. Perfect. That's a wonderful way to get some water that that you have. That water is already free of chemicals and everything. So that's really good for your house plants in the winter time, but or if you if you use it now, but it's also really good for your outside plants. And one thing I want people, if you're growing tomatoes, make sure that you are watering those to keep them uh, fairly moist all the time. This is the kind of weather that can really set you up for blossom and rot later on, because that's when you're uneven watering. So because it's so hot and dry, that we have dry winds, water those tomatoes and just really pay special attention to your tomatoes, especially any of the earlier ones like early girl or any that um, that that come fruit a little earlier for you and are bigger. Speaking of bigger, Sandy usually plants our tomato plants, and I uh, I did it my way this year in big containers. Right. And I, and I love those... Uh, Sweet 100s, those little grape tomatoes. I do, tomatoes. too. I do, too. They're like candy, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. And uh, I couldn't believe it because I've staked and all that. Our uh, Those tomato plants are between seven and eight feet tall. Oh, my goodness. See, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a ladder to harvest. They're happy. It's never happy happened before. <laughs> but you're right about the watering. Now, yep. correct me if I'm wrong, and I know we have to head to a quick break here. Uh, speaking of watering, uh, tomato plants, that you at least I've read, in fact, I've read it on, on the U of M website, to make sure it's good drainage, right? Exactly. You you want the plants to have good drainage because they're not bog plants, they're not aquatic plants. So those roots will rot if they sit in soaking wet mud for any length of time because they're not bog plants, they're not aquatic plants. So those roots will rot if they sit in soaking wet mud for any length of time. So you want to make sure you have good drainage on your pot. That's important. Yeah, I'm going to have fun uh, harvesting those. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> let's see. 651-989-9226. I know we have to break, but I don't want to leave our listeners in the dust here. Uh, here's a nine-year-old Technia arbovita. Can they be trimmed? If so, when? They're about 15 feet tall, six to eight feet wide, nearing the house now. So a nine-year-old arbovita. 
Yep. You can give them a little trim. I write with everything being so stressed right now, I probably wouldn't suggest it unless you have to. The Vic's getting way too close to something or another. But if you can just wait till the weather evens out a little bit and it's not so stressed, you can go ahead and trim your arborvitaes, uh, say, up until the middle of August. What about uh, trimming? Uh, I'm looking at a text about a willow tree, a type of willow tree, uh, trimming it in this hot weather. You know, that's the same thing. You could trim it any time, but, you know, we're stressed with the heat and the humidity and, and the lack of, of moisture there. Other plants are stressed, too. So do minimal work in the garden. Just weed if you have to. If you have to trim, go ahead. If you don't have to, if you can put it off till things mellow out a little bit, that's fine. Teresa, by the way, if you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your lawn and garden questions this morning here on a Smart Garden Show. Is it okay, listener says, to uh, use liquid weed kill now? You could. This is a good time to use it. Uh, the plants are stressed, um, so hopefully then they might grab it down. Now, if they're not actively growing, if the weeds aren't actively growing, maybe they're shutting down because it's so hot, the liquid isn't going to work. It's just going to sit on the leaves. But if the plants, if the weeds look like they're growing, yes, uh, the liquid will be grabbed by the plant and brought down into the roots and kill the plant. And since it's a little stressed already, it may just help it be a little more effective. But remember to read and follow the instructions because it's been so hot. We can't use a lot of those things when it's so hot or windy. Always good advice. You make sure you read and follow the label because the label is the law. And if if you go outside of those those restrictions, you're wasting your product and you could be doing damage. Very good. Hang on, Teresa. We're going to take a bit of a break here. We have more show to come on our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on A3OWCCO. Back to the phones and texts in a moment. Uh, In the Twin Cities, we've uh, got a new temperature reading in the Twin Cities. Now 72 showers and thunderstorms on the way for the Twin Cities, the high near 80. We'll be back with more here on News Talk A3OWCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Answering your lawn and garden questions this morning is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who is awaiting your phone calls or text messages at uh, 651-989-9226. Also a good time of year, uh, not that it isn't always uh, any time of the year, to get to the Arboretum, wouldn't you say, Teresa? It's beautiful at the Arboretum, yes. Head to the Arboretum. Uh, see what plants look like when they're when they're growing nicely and what they're supposed to look like. Trees, how big do they get? What shape do they have? It's it's a great time to get some great ideas, some nature, some fresh air. Enjoy. No, no that's a good point, uh, and I've done that too. Is is if you're thinking about planting a certain tree or a certain shrub, but you can't visualize it, you know, because you've got some bare area in your yard. Get out there. You see what it really looks like. Uh, exactly. And yep. Full growth. And and, uh, and, and so. if you have time, you can even visit it during the season. So you can see what it looks like in the spring and the fall and, and yeah. the winter. So you can see, do I like that structure? Do I like those flowers? Is that the right color for me? Is that the right shape? Uh, it's really helpful. Good deal. Good idea. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Ken is calling in from Blaine this morning. Ken, you're on with Teresa Rooney. Morning, uh, Ken. Good, mo- good morning. I have a couple of questions on magnolia scale. Mm-hmm. 
Last year, I had uh, a magnolia scale on uh, a an Ann magnolia uh, shrub, and it uh, and I was uh, I went to the nursery and asked about it, and and they they or had me purchase a systemic insect. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so I tried that, and uh, I didn't uh, really correct the problem. Uh, I mean, my uh, my magnolia, I am magnolia now, is is uh, has no uh, foliage along the main trunk of it, but that on the base there's a lot of foliage growing, and I don't know how that's going to end up. But then I was noticing uh, here uh, this week uh, that I have a marrow magnolia. And I was noticing that it looks like it has scale on some of the branches. Also. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ken Magnolia scale is a really tough one. Uh, the, the, the extension website does have some information, so I would definitely direct you to go there. Extension.umn.edu. And what uh, the scale is a little sucking insects, so it sucks all the nutrition out of the plant. Now you can physically remove them, you can scrape them off, you can use a systemic, which makes your entire plant poisonous, so they're ingesting the poison and they die. But it's a really hard insect to get ahead of because then they lay eggs and the eggs hatch and it just keeps going. Uh, so, so get to it early. Uh, sometimes you can carefully prune out uh, a limb if it only has the scale on one limb, and then you might prevent it from moving from others. But I would definitely direct you over to the extension website on that one, and good luck because it's, it's a tough little insect to deal with. Yes, that's yeah. extension.umn.edu for, yep. mm-hmm. for our listeners. Yeah, great website. Yeah. Uh, it's 825, 72 is our Twin City Temp. Showers on the way may be raining where you are already. Uh, listener wants to know, can I still trim lilacs and wygela plants? You can trim your wygela. It's no problem. The lilacs, I think you might be just getting out of the area, the time frame where you'll be cutting off next year's flowers. If that's not important to you, go ahead and trim them. Um, if it is important, then you need to wait till uh, to trim till after next year's bloom. The flowers set their buds in say about two to three weeks after they finish blooming. So, so things like all of your early spring blooming plants do this. So you need to trim them right after they bloom, and that's the best time to trim, unless you don't care about flowers. If, if you're willing to wait a year for flowers, you can go ahead and trim those. Uh, again, trimming any plant, if something's dead, go ahead and trim it out. But if it's not dead, it's a little stressing right now for the plants, and just do the minimal trim, trimming that you have to do out there. If you can wait till the temperature evens out and the watering evens out, that's better for the plant. Okay. Back to the phones we go. Florence calling in from Comstock, Wisconsin this morning. Florence, good morning. You're on with Teresa. Good morning, Florence. Hi. Love your show. Great. Thank you. Okay. This is about an apple tree. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, this is, you know, it's an old apple tree already. But anyway, it's always been productive until our neighbors did some landscaping and rerouted whatever. And our yard is very wet. Mm-hmm. And it just stays wet in that area. Yep. And we've fertilized it now twice, once mm-hmm. like April and and then again, uh, I don't know, not too long ago. But the leaves, less leaves now, very little apples, and it looks 
like it's dying. Is there anything we can do? Um, the only thing, because it's an old tree, there's not much you can do unless you can somehow divert the water stream so it's not flowing back into your yard. But since they've graded their yard in such a way, the water is flowing that way. If it's possible, uh, between where your tree and tree roots are, like the, the outside of your tree, the drip line, and where your fencing is or your neighbor's property, if you could put in a rain garden or or something that might help flow some of that water from coming, it would go into the rain garden first and then make the rain garden uh, drain away from your tree and away from your house. You could look into something like that. That's a possibility. Otherwise, um, if you can pull back mulch if you've got it, so you just have bare soil around the trunk of the tree. Otherwise, there's not much you can do. The, The situation has changed for the tree, so it could be the tree's just, it's too wet there and the tree can't survive. Yeah. So unless you can pull the tree up, there's not much you can do. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Now we've complained, but it's like, what can you do? You know, what can you do? Yep. Cause they can do what they want to do on their property and, and the rain and the, the, the water will flow a different way, but yeah, you might want to consider something like a, a rain garden yeah, uh, that, that might help a little bit. I don't know if berming between the two locations would help. That could be too. If you could do a berm, uh, a small hill that would then direct or, or even a hill and a swale that would then direct the water away. So it would go into that area first and then flow okay. away rather than keeping going downhill. Into How much uh, fertilizer uh, can we keep putting, or is that too much? You know, it's it's fertilized once a month, but the, that the, fer- the, the fertilizer isn't going to help because the tree, the soil is being damaged by too much water. And so the fertilizer cannot be taken up by the tree. So it's, it's not really doing anything. Um, so, so you have to change it first and then, then, um, then you can address the, 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 the tree's needs. But you have to get some of that water out of there first. We need to take a break and have okay. a look at that forecast. That I'm glad to say a rainy forecast finally. Yay. So stay with us. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your lawn and garden questions today on our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830. So stay with us. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your lawn and garden questions today on our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. 72 degrees. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions this morning at 651-989-9226. That number is good for either your text message or your phone call for uh, Teresa. You know, Teresa, as you know, we were talking about watering and using different types of water when we uh, began the show. A listener called in and said, what about catching water in the shower? Is soft water okay? I think it's not, right? That's correct. Soft water you wouldn't want to use because it has the salt, the salts in it, the softeners in it. So you wouldn't want to add that to your soil. You are correct about that. Thank you for catching that. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for that. Uh, the leaves, this listener says, the leaves on my Winnipeg Park rose are dried up. I've been watering it. What do you think there? Um, I, I would double check. To, you can move the, the, the uh, stems. See if they're still flexible. It could be that there was just some stressor that it just dried up the leaves. 
Make sure that you're not overwatering your plants. You don't want to put too much water there. If the stem is brown and it just snapped, then just cut back that cane until you come to the green level, and then it will, then it should be okay. But if it's all brown, there's for some reason it did just die then, and you have to figure out like why did it die? Maybe you can think of, or you have to replace it. Good luck okay. with that. This listener says, can gladiolas be planted now? If not, how do I keep them over the winter in the package? Yep, I would go ahead and plant them now. Plant Planting them is always best. It's, it's hard to keep things, bulbs, any of those bulbs or corms above ground. They, they don't do that well above ground. They dry out no matter how you keep them or they mold. So it's just easier just to put them in the ground. Um, and, and if maybe it's too late and you only get leaves this year, at least you still have a viable bulb to uh, plant up next year. You kind of addressed this uh, a bit ago. It says, I love the show, bought a popular four-step fertilizer program. I put down step one in the early spring. I did not put down step two, the weed and feed, because of the hot weather. Should I apply it now? I have been watering my lawn. It's still too hot. I would wait until you get some good soaking rains to put it down. Uh, You want to make sure that your grass is actively growing and not stressed. Um, think of these stressed plants as you being stressed or you not feeling while you're coming down with a cold or something. You don't want to be involved in a lot of activity or eating a lot. Uh, So it's just the same as your plants. They're just kind of just getting through it, and they don't need any additional stressors of extra food, extra fertilizers, extra pruning. They just don't need any of that. So just kind of help them through this stressful situation, and then you can go ahead and use your weed and feed if you need to later on. Or if you don't use it this year, then just save it in a nice dry place. You can use it again next year. Teresa, this listener said, I bought two gardenia plants and they're doing very well. How do I prepare them for winter? Good question. So in about August, what you want to do the August, the end of August into the middle of September, you want to move those plants that you're thinking of bringing into the house into a shadier location so that they become adjusted to a lower light level. Then just before you decide to bring them in, you can prune them back if you need to, because sometimes the plants get really big and our houses don't have that much room. Prune them back. Give them a good spray of water and wash them off. You want to wash off any insects, insect eggs. Uh, Make sure you wash the pots really well, even the bottoms or the saucers. You want to make sure everything's nice and clean. Then you would bring them into your house and you would segregate them away from your other house plants. You want to make sure after about two to three weeks that they still look good, they don't have any insect issues, then you can move them into the place where you're going to keep them all winter long. And that then you would just reverse the process if you move them outside in the spring, get them used to the sun, putting them in the shade, and then they'll be happy, and then you can move on to the sun. All right. Back to the phones we go. Charles is calling in from Hudson this morning. Charles, good morning. You're on with Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Charles. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've got some brown spots in my lawn where I, they were fertilized maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been watering ever since, but there's just isolated brown spots, maybe six, eight inches by three feet. And then there's another, and then there's little spots all around. Mm-hmm. I think that's from the, uh, the um, fertilizer that was put down by my contractor. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what do I do to bring back those brown spots? Just keep watering or what? I would just water them. 
Uh, if the grass is truly dead, you can rake it up. Wait until we get some cooler temperatures, and then you can overseed in those areas. Uh, during the summertime, you might want to use one of those products that has a little green mulch or something in it with the seeds and a little light fertilizer and use that to press it down, uh, press it down onto the soil and then water it as instructions. Those have a little moisture retention, so it's better if you have to seed um, in a not optimal time like in the fall. So those help a little bit better with the seeding. Um, otherwise, just kind of live with it for a little while. And hopefully it, the grass could come back once we start getting some good rains and some good good uh, temperatures. The grass might come back. So you may just want to hold off if you can handle it and see what happens to those patches. Good, good luck. Let's see who's next. Uh, Nathan is checking in the, this morning from uh, Golden Valley, Minnesota. Nathan, you are on with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi, Nathan. Oh, Nathan's gone. He's he, no patience on that one. He must have gotten his answer, and he's already working on it. Maybe that maybe that's true. You may have answered his question. <laughs> this listener, Teresa, says, "I did not have mulch around my astulbe. The plants look dead. What should I do?" Uh, you can go out there and and uh, give them a good drink of water. Astulbe uses a little more water than some of our shadier plants. So go ahead and give them a good drink of water. The roots, the root system may still be viable. And so just keep them well watered, moist. You don't want to overwater them. Of course, you don't want to stress them anymore by overwatering them. And hopefully then they can send up some new green growth. In the meantime, if it's dead, go ahead and cut it back. And, and you may want to add, you, after you water, add some mulch. And then once you mulch, make sure that the water you put on the mulch actually gets through enough so you need to water enough. Good luck with those astilbes. Okay, very good. Let's see. Uh, Joanne is calling in, I believe, from uh, Maple Grove, if I'm correct. Joanne, good morning. What's your question? Hi, good morning. Thank you for your show. I love it, but I need a crash course desperately on lupine. It's my first year in growing them. I know they're biennial, Mm -hmm. and now that the flower is gone, I have these huge pods on the stems where the flowers were. Mm -hmm. How do I prepare these for the fall? So I will have more next year. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So those are the seed pods. You want to make sure that they do dry. And once they're dry, then you can harvest them, them, bring them into the house, lay them out for a few days or even a week to make sure that they are dry. And then you can store them in a glass container, mark, mark what's in there, and take that glass container and you can just put it into your refrigerator in the veggie crisper. And then in the fall, you can either sow the seeds, uh, which I'd probably suggest doing, or do a winter sowing on them where you actually plant them in milk jugs in the, in uh, January and February and set them outside. I think lupins might need to go through for a little uh, winter stratification, so that would be the best thing to do then. Um, good luck. They're a wonderful Teresa, little plant. This listener says, uh, can you transplant ferns, and if so, when's the best time? Okay, yes, you can transplant ferns You, uh, if you have to do it. If you have to do anything right now, uh, you want to think, how can I do this the least, tr- least stressful for the plant? So if you have to transplant ferns right now, uh, construction or whatever, dig the root ball as big as you possibly can 
have the other hole ready for it and pop them into the other hole, lift them, move them, pop them into the other hole, disturb the roots as little as possible. If you can hold off and wait till it's a little cooler, uh, you can move them and you don't have to be as careful because they won't be as stressed. Uh, ferns sometimes don't like being moved. They just kind of all die back all of a sudden, but you've, you've got your rootstock there. They should be just fine. Yes, you can, you can transplant ferns. A couple other uh, transplant questions from two different listeners, Teresa. One is uh, uh, transplanting a couple of large Ygelas. Can that be done now? And the other listener says, when's a good time to transplant hostas? Okay. Um, uh, well, the Ygela, yes, you could transplant it now if you have to. Um, all, of, well, all of these you can do now if you have to. But again, if you don't have to, I would wait. If you know you're going to transplant the Ygela and you can hold off till the fall, what you might want to do right now is just take your shovel and go straight down around the Ygela for where you think the root ball is. You're just cutting a slit in the soil. That will create, um, that will break all the roots that are outside of that soil. And inside of that slit, the new feeder soil. That will create, um, that will break all the roots that are outside of that soil. And inside of that slit, the new feeder roots will start. Then in the fall, you can Cut that again and bring it up this time. Pull this, pull the plant up this time and move it. And it will have all those new feeder roots inside that slitted area. So it's almost like a potted plant and, and it'll, it won't go have as much transplant shock. Um, with the hostas, if you want to transplant them now, you have to again just dig the root ball as big as you can. Make sure the hole's all ready. And in all these transplantings, what I would do is I would dig the hole. Fill the hole up with water, let it drain, and then pop your plant in there, backfill it with the native soil and a little compost if you want, and then give it another good drink of water. By filling the hole with water, it moistens the soil around it so that the water then you, that you put on the transplant actually goes to those roots. It isn't wicked away by the dry soil. So those are some transplant hints for me. Good luck to everybody. Very good. But you uh, Trace, we need to take a... Yeah, just I'm be sorry? in the house where it's cool. Just be in the house where it's cool and let the plants be alone for a little while. All right. It's, it's too hot outside. We need to take a quick break, Teresa. And uh, just a reminder to our listeners, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, uh, filling in for Andy Lindis this morning on our Home Improvement Show, Jesse Treble from safebasements.com will be the uh, host and the expert next hour. So if you have any kind of a question about maybe wet basements or radon, things like that, Jesse Treble will be fielding those questions next hour for Andy Lindis. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO, we'll be back with Smart Gardens. Stay with us. Good Saturday morning to you. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your questions this morning. 72 degrees now. Heading for uh, 80 or so with a chance, a real good chance of showers and uh, thunderstorms. Teresa, we have a few minutes to go, and I know we have so many questions yet to answer, so let's get to it. Uh, here's one. It says, I, I have nine black chokeberry shrubs. Each one of them has canes where the leaves are turning brown and appear to be dying. What could be causing this? I'm not really sure if they're all doing the same thing. I would guess it's either a disease or something in the environment. It could be a stress from the heat and the water. Again, check the cans, see if they're movable. If they're still green, you can 
You can start pruning from the very tip to see if it's green. If it's green, it's probably going to come back just fine. It could be that it just the leaves were just damaged for some reason, some environmental reason. Uh, again, I would suggest maybe if you do see insects or if you cut the canes and they're all dead, you could then look onto the website extension.umn.edu uh, and see if there's any issue there. If the plant appears totally dead, you could dig up one of them, see what the roots are doing. If the roots are all, maybe it was overwatered or you can see that there's evidence of of uh, insects in there that ate the roots, then you'd, you'd know kind of what you're dealing with. All right, let's see. Uh, this listener, Teresa, says the uh, Three River Birch in our backyard constantly dripping sap, not from the trunk, but from the branches above. It has continued for three to four weeks, and the leaves uh, are sticky coating uh, on uh, everything below. The patio and outdoor furniture are covered. Sitting below the trees feels like spits of rain or drizzle on the skin. Sometimes the drops are quite large. What is causing this and are our trees in danger, you think? Um, you know, in this case, I would probably have an arborist look at your tree on site. Um, uh, before that, you might want to go to the extension website. I'm not sure if what you're seeing is sap dripping or if it's a, a honeydew from insects. I'm thinking if it's only from the ends of the branches, it could be a sap. It could just be uh, some stress issue that the tree is dealing with. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, so I would definitely check the website, the extension website, and if you can't find a good answer there, then talk to an arborist about it, and they should be able to help you and give you some idea. I've said so it in the past, we have a lot, so many fine arborists. We do, uh, we do, and in, you always want area. to, you know, our trees are a big investment in our yards. They can really add a lot of aesthetic value, but also monetary value to your property, and um, just they just give a shade and everything else. So you want to take care of them. They're a big part of your yard, and go with a certified arborist when you're dealing with a tree. Absolutely. This listener, Teresa, says, can I transplant peonies now, and how often should I fertilize them? I, I it, it, transplanting peonies is best done when it's in late August into the fall. Uh, again, if you have to because you're moving or you just know that they're not getting enough shade, go ahead and dig them up. Disturb the roots as little as possible. They they have a huge root system and a taproot, and they don't like being moved. So when you do move them, understand that you may reduce some flowering or not get any flowering for two to three years afterwards. Um, and that happens, too, if you divide your peonies. And for fertilizing, with all your perennials that flower heavily, if you want to fertilize once a month and the last fertilization, then would be in August. And just do like a, um, a granular fertilizer that you just sprinkle on top of the surface and it will be watered in if we ever get rain or water it in. And every time then it rains, some more will water, we'll water into the soil. Okay. A couple of minutes to go, Teresa. This one says, Happy Saturday. Thanks so much for this program. A Japanese lilac. Should I trim off the spent flower blooms? If you want to. You don't have to. It's totally, it's totally up to you. It's okay. an aesthetic thing. You, can tell, you don't have to if you, or you want to. This uh, listener says, Several of my nine bark branches have developed what looks like white mildew. Is this typical and what has caused this? What can I do about it? Yeah. It's powdery mildew, and the nine barks are really susceptible to this mildew. It's just what they have. Um, you can you can prevent it if you start before you see it and and use um, 
use a product that will prevent powdery mildew. Otherwise, uh, you can just, uh, if you can give some more air circulation around the plant, that's helpful. Understand nine barks are just susceptible to it. And if you plant more nine barks, maybe find some that are resistant to powdery mildew. The spores are in the air, so they just kind of land on the leaves. And, and sometimes the leaves are just more susceptible to letting that spore grow. Powdery mildew can be killed with, with water that you spray on it, but the, the leaves then are damp and more mildew will come and then could start growing on it. So if you have to, you can try spraying it off. But once you see it, you'd only be paying, playing catch up if you apply any, any, um, herbicides to, or not herbicides, any, um, products that are preventing powdery mildew. Uh, you have to start applying those things before you see it. But, That's it, yeah. Teresa. We are plumb okay. out of time. Thank you All so right. much. Get Thank on you. the university website, extension.umn.edu, and uh, check it out. We always like to plug that because it's such a great resource. Have a good week, Teresa. We'll talk you soon. Too. Stay, stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out. Uh, by the way, next hour, our home improvement show, Jesse Treble from safebasements.com will be answering your uh, listener questions. So if you have any about basements, a wet one, or maybe you have questions about radon, uh, next hour is going to be a good time to check in with Jesse Treble from Safe Basements. In the Twin Cities, showers and thunderstorms are likely today. Stay tuned to CCO right now. We have uh, overcast skies, temperature reading 72 degrees from News Talk 830. This is WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.